0: This is the Everything is Black and White podcast, brought to you by Chronicle Live, bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify or most podcast providers. Hello welcome to Everything it is Black and White podcast, I'm Adrian Musgrove and today joined by Lee Ryder and Chris Woff and today we're going to discuss, discuss rather, the uh, statement from Rafa Benitez, um, a statement that journalists, fans, I think everyone has been waiting for, quite a lengthy statement Um, came out at about i think it was about 20 to 7 this morning so nice and early i suppose guys the main line from that is the fact that benitez says he didn't just want to sign a contract extension but i want to be part of a a project and he says unfortunately it became increasingly clear to me that those at the top of the club did not share the same vision i'm very sad about that
1: yeah i mean it's it's not a big surprise is it what what was on the statement I mean it just you know puts it in black and white if you like you know that Rafa Benitez has you know now publicly criticised Newcastle for their lack of ambition something he's hinted at many times before at press conferences but he obviously couldn't go too far over the line with it because obviously he was employed as manager now he's a free agent he's you know he's basically hung Newcastle out of dry now hasn't he and Newcastle, as a club, they're going to have to respond and and respond in a, a pretty good way because they're going to need a, a good convincing appointment to come in uh, and make next season a success
2: and that that will not be easy. No, I agree with Lee. I thought there wasn't necessarily anything massively revelatory in it. It basically just confirmed everything that we already knew, that we've all reported, that he said over the last couple of years, just just basically putting it down that the reason we didn't agree to a contract is because I didn't think I could stay here and build the club as I wanted to. Obviously, there was a lot of heartfelt emotion in there as well. His connection with the Newcastle fans, he said he felt he belonged on Tyneside. And I think this is just the first of over the coming days, weeks and months, I think there'll be a trickle more from Benitez once he starts being interviewed elsewhere, once someone eventually gets him for that big sit-down interview where there'll be more and more revealed from his side about why he thought it came to an end why he wasn't able to to get what he wanted at Newcastle. It's over to the club's hierarchy now to A, appoint a new manager and B, give fans some idea of the direction the club is heading, be it with ownership, if if Ashley's staying, what happens there? Because after the first wave of anger last week when it was confirmed Benitez was leaving, there's been a second wave this morning after Benitez basically saying that the reason I left is because the club doesn't have the ambition I do.
0: And I suppose that's the next question is is where next for Newcastle United? You've briefly mentioned there that they've got to get it right with this appointment, the manager. Um, but time is, is against them. The transfer window closes on August 8th. Um, we've seen Southampton sign Che Adams today, player Newcastle's strong link with. Matt Target is another one who's gone to Aston Villa again, another one who Newcastle actually came close to signing not so long ago. Clubs are starting to make their move and Newcastle haven't even got a manager in place to, 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 to make moves to players.
1: Yeah, it's It's a it's a really messy situation because in the same way that Newcastle seemingly can't find a buyer, they now seemingly can't find a manager. Um, Arsene Wenger ruled himself out of the job last week. Mourinho ruled himself out of the job pretty quickly. Uh, Patrick Vieira has now followed that up and I'm, I'm very Confident that Newcastle were interested in in signing him, getting him on board. He would have probably been a decent appointment. Uh, but he's, he said that he wants to stay in Nice. So he is not um, on the on the list anymore. There's, there's other managers who've been linked. Um, I mean, there's some ridiculous... Well, if you look down the book, there's also some ridiculous names on there. Um, but realistically, where the Newcastle go now? Whoever comes in is going to have to except the transfer kitty is you know, about £50 million quid um, that they have to sign young players and basically they're going to be facing, in my opinion, will be facing a relegation ball.
2: Yeah, at the moment it seems that Newcastle themselves aren't entirely sure to where they're going to go. We know that when Benitez first left, they came out and said the recruitment process starts now. Privately and publicly, to a degree, they've maintained all along that Benitez was, was the only choice before it came to a position whereby they couldn't keep him. So they've been working a bit uh, off the cuff for the last week. And now they've got themselves in a position where the likes of, of Vieira was someone they were looking at. A lot of other names linked, Arteta, Gerard, people like this. But Newcastle have only just lost their manager now. Benitez's contract expired at midnight. So the process really does kickstart from now. Can Newcastle United get the sort of exciting manager who fans would want? The, the issue they're going to have is that Whoever it is, is not going to be Rafa Benitez. In a situation three and a half years ago, some of the names who've been linked before Benitez came in, I think a lot of fans would have had a relative amount of optimism about them. Now it's a different scenario. And so I honestly don't know which way Newcastle are going to go. I do have a feeling that they're probably going to go more towards a European-style coach. Um, Young... Someone with ambition, but at the same time, who will work within a structure whereby maybe they don't have the ultimate say on transfers. That's the way I see it going. That may change, That it may work out to be otherwise, but at the moment, that's the way I think it's going to go.
0: Looking around, and we've mentioned there Villa, we've mentioned Southampton, it kind of nicely highlights Benitez's points about this kind of lack of ambition. Villa spent two seasons in the Championship yes they've got some added investment but they're going out and they're they're spending the money of course it doesn't always work we saw Fulham last year You know, didn't quite go to plan but you feel now after Newcastle establishing the Premier League two solid seasons it was the right time to to back Benitez and give him the money and I suppose just looking around and seeing other teams making their moves for players um, just highlights the point
1: well it does but Mike Ashley is hasn't been flexible with, with Rafa on the on the talks he's basically said this is it it's not changing we wrote many times that Mike Ashley wouldn't budge on the terms uh, he hasn't Rafa's has basically called his bluff and walked away and whoever comes in is is facing that As I say that that sort of struggle I mean so for some for some managers it, it will be it's still a good job you know it's to, to, to get the The into the dugout at Newcastle. It's a magnificent club still. I mean, regardless of the owners, you know, the everything around around St James's Park. um, You know, the the history, the tradition is there. But it's what can you do with the resources you've got? And Alan Pardew had a go, didn't he? He got Newcastle into Europe. Couldn't build on that. Probably raised the bar a little bit too high. Um, And then you know lost too many Derby games, got knocked out of the cup too often and you know, lost basically lost lost the fans uh, Steve McLaren thought he could come in and, and work in those conditions uh, by Christmas he was sort of complaining about the signings not being his uh, pointing the finger in another other, another direction, Rafa's come in he's made a success of, of the small amount of money that he's got um, so, but he's a world class manager so who, whoever comes in now is going to be just a huge gamble
0: time scale what, what do you think we're looking at are you expecting some movement when it comes to um, a new manager or head coach within, within the next week
2: I honestly couldn't say at this stage I mean at this, Newcastle are going to start making approaches in the not too distant future and it depends on how high up the list they can get in terms of whether they decide look we need to have an interview process because we're not entirely sure which one we want or whether they go this is the person we want they identify them go for them straight away and maybe they can Maybe they're an out of work manager, or maybe there's someone who that, that can quickly get away from a club. At the moment, it looks highly likely that there's going to be a caretaker manager in charge on Wednesday, Thursday. Sorry, when the players return for preseason training, Neil Redfern, the recently appointed under twenty three coach, seems to be top of the list for that. Mainly because there aren't too many other candidates. Ben Dawson potentially. Surely, Amiobi is also on the staff, but doesn't really have that much of a history other than a coaching at Newcastle Academy Strikers. Um, I think that by the time they go to China, you'd like to think they'd have someone in place because Newcastle go there and they've got two very difficult games. Regardless of whether they beat Wolves or not, they're going to play either Man City or West Ham. Three teams who finished in the top 10 last season, one of whom was Premier League champions, the other another one who got into Europe. So Newcastle got some very difficult pre-season fixtures and you'd like to think there's going to be a manager to give them some direction then because that gets you to less than a month before the start of the season.
0: We've seen in the past that pre-season season Seems to be when it blows up in Newcastle's face, it, it tends to be the the players kind of right, get the situation and say, "This is this is enough." Like we've had um, against Lean Orient, I think it was. Um, I can't remember who it was, and that some of the championship. I'm going to say like it was another Southern team. Was it Orient again? Maybe. Uh, anyway, there was enough a friendly there, and then last season Braga. Can we see that happening again, where the where the players just kind of say? Enough is enough, we need to sort this out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the friendly they played against Shamrock in 2009, mm. and it was a farcical situation because there'd been no announcement at all uh, from Newcastle. Uh, the club was up for sale still. There'd been no announcement. Uh, we worked out that Chris Hutton would be in charge, and we checked in, it was right. So Chris Hutton was caretaker, but there was actually. That summer there was actually no press officer either, so after the game the players came out of the dressing room and the press were there, and then the players just flew off the handle. Uh, Kevin Nolan, Steve Harper, all made their views very clear that it was a complete shambles, and this this situation it reminds me of. I don't I don't think that that'll happen again because there is a press officer at Newcastle now, and things are managed a lot better from that point of view. So I think. They'll be very careful which players get put up, and I'm sure there'll be a party line that the, the players will be told to say when asked about the managerial situation.
0: The one I was referring to was was Doncaster two two. Ah um, yes, that was,
1: the, the, that was Wijnaldum's yeah. final sort of farewell, wasn't it? Really, because he uh, he got on the team bus and said he wanted to just go to Liverpool. So it wasn't quite that. That one wasn't quite as chaotic as. Lane Orient but the, I mean that was
2: was the team sheet. There was a team sheet was released and it didn't have initially, didn't have when Alderman on it, I think was it when and Torvald Anyway, they were added to it later on. I think, and then that he was, made him. Play, he made him play. Didn't yeah, he, he came made him on. play because he wasn't initially on the team sheet, and then he was.
0: Hmm. Well, what are the players going to be thinking? Um, heading back into preseason on the fourth of July. It's, I mean, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? I mean, what are they all? What are they all thinking?
2: Well there'll be some who will be desperately disappointed that Benitez has gone You saw the messages on social media over the last week of the players making it clear that they want Benitez to stay or that they're wishing well in the future that they've learned so much from him someone like Jamal LaSalle will be coming in wondering what the future holds for him he's been captain for the last three years I think he is captaincy material but every single manager has a different idea of who they want as their own leader you'll have the likes of Iosé Perez who has already been thinking about his future he'll be seriously considering that and wondering whether he can actually make a move this summer or whether he's going to be kept Isaac Hayden who doesn't want to be at Newcastle who's made it clear for the past year that he wants to move for personal reasons at the moment he's due back on Thursday as well uh, there's a few others the likes of Atsu who's picked up an injury actually for Ghana but and Al-Miron won't be back Salman Rondon's not going to be here because he's no longer Newcastle United player Modi Army is gone it's going to be a relatively depleted squad and a squad unsure about what the future holds. And that is, again, just adds to, to the general uncertainty. You've got some players who will be seriously considering their future and others who are just wondering, will I be wanted? Never mind thinking, do they want to go elsewhere? They'll be wondering, do, am I going to get an opportunity under the next manager? Am I going to be as well-liked as I was under Rafa Benitez?
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review our podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you listen to. I think you made a good point there depleted kind of the key word there and I asked you before we came in are Newcastle simply just looking at the moment to appointing head coach or manager or do you think they're looking at doing that and they're also thinking right we better get some players signed or do you think they are simply going to wait for the manager to come in and sit down and say right let's kind of thrash out what you want
2: I think they will start to to look more on the transfer market if particularly if they are moving towards a model whereby it's more of a collaborative transfer recruitment structure rather than where it wasn't at Benitez, where you had the final say. Um, and obviously, they've been linked for a long while with Ho- Hoffenheim striker uh, Joe Linton. There's a few players who Newcastle have scouted heavily. Head of recruitment, Steve Nixon, has been around about Europe. So I think they will be starting to think of that. But ideally, it's it's about getting the manager in place first because if you start announcing players, I think A it'll be difficult to convince players if you don't have a manager yet, and B if you start announcing players before the managers in place, I think that that's a, that's a bit of a strange scenario to be in. I, I think they're going to try and get the manager sorted quickly if they can, but that may prove more difficult than they necessarily hoped. Fingers crossed they can get it sorted, but it's not an easy market at the moment.
1: I mean, they're not. This is the problem. They're not. They're not usually quick at anything other no. really in terms of you know transfers that are always long-winded uh, even loan deals I think are hard, seem to be hard for them I mean Fabian sharears move last summer I think he had a, a, a release clause on his contract they were trying to haggle on that um, he, Newcastle just seemed to have to like jump through a lot of hoops um, to get where they need to be um, some sometimes it, it, it's its Seems or it feels like it's avoidable, but you know it'd be good to get to sit down with you know the people at the top of Newcastle and have another discussion and, and, and ask these questions because from the outside looking in it, it looks messy, but f- from our point of view it looks messy. The supporters open arms about it. Someone needs to come out and address all these these concerns, but whether they'd be whether they provide. Uh, us with convincing answers. Who knows? But the reality is, is that whatever they say is, is going to get criticised at the moment. So they'll feel like they can't win. So it's it's just one of them situations where you need leaders now, and you need someone to come out and say, right, you know, we have got we have got this under control. There is no crisis. Let's let's try and push on. But at the minute, it's just as I say, a complete mess.
2: And one of the big factors, as Lee was saying there, about things taking a long time is. You're going to have to take into this managerial recruitment process that in the end, Mike Ashi is going to have the final say. Lee Charnley is in charge of 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 the recruitment process, but say if Newcastle go for whoever turns out to be their first choice and don't get them and it ends up being second or third down the list, they may get a yes from that person and they might go, Mike Ashey, and he might say no. That's the problem. I mean, that This was the situation with, with, with the Rafa Benitez talks. In the end, Mike Ashey was the one who said, they're the final terms, we're not changing them. He doesn't do the day-to-day run of the club, but all big decisions like that have to have Mike say-so, and that is another complicating factor in all of this that Lee Charnley is in charge of, of that process, but until it gets to a point where a final decision is made, then it goes to Mike Ashley and he could well turn around and go, no, I don't want him, or no, that's not right. And that's another complicating factor got to add into this. Because it's
0: not an reaction to say that Newcastle need to act in the transfer market. They haven't got... A goal scorer, yes, Dwight Gill's returning, but he hasn't really shown he can do it in the Premier League. Rondon isn't going to come back unless something dramatically changes. You've then got you haven't really got cover at left back. If we see if Paul Dummer gets injured again, that's um, a long time probably. Fair. I mean, that <laughs> is <I> must <mean>, much <laughs> going on, what eight nine years now, so yeah. But the point is, is that with Benitez, you had the extra boost because it was Benitez and you always felt he was always going to get it right, even through the worst times. I think it's been said not just by people here, but kind of across the board, that when you take Benitez out of that equation, you've got quite an average squad in a way, and you know Benitez. I think many people have used the word miracle. Um, So, I mean, last year I think it was last December when Newcastle
1: on a really bad run, and I and I done a piece and I said, "Raf Benitez is above criticism." and I, and I meant it and I still stick by it because you trust someone like Rafa Benitez uh, you don't criticise him you give him the opportunity to, to work things out and so it proved he, he got Newcastle out of trouble now he's gone and whoever comes in has got that hard act to follow and now as you say some of the names that are being bandied around
0: Phil Neville uh, just been put forward by Danny
1: Murphy there you know whoever comes in it's, it's almost a it can be a poison chalice because unless unless you get it right from and get a lot of wins from the, from the offset you're going to be questioned you're going to be scrutinized um and especially if it's a rookie manager who comes in it, it's going to be tough for them and as it stands it, it does look like it's going to be someone internally who's going to have to take pre-season training uh, you've got to be fair with them they've been chucked into a, a tough situation you can't you can't get on, get on their backs it's the the people Above who have made these decisions and allowed this to to unfold, and everyone's seen it coming, um,
0: but Newcastle's done nothing to stop it. I think the the part I was trying to make was as he says, they're going to get thrown into a really tough situation where it doesn't simply stop. You know, here's, here's your desk, it doesn't stop there, does it? Because there's so much to do. As soon as that person is appointed, but
2: even before that, one thing as and I've written a piece that I think went up at lunchtime just saying about how it's time for answers. And one bit by I mean one thing I mean by that is the next person who comes in as Newcastle United manager, head coach, whatever it is, are already to a certain degree going to be on the back foot because they're not Rafa Benitez. It, there, it's going to be a case of them trying to win over the hearts and minds of fans, but they shouldn't be left to answer all of the questions because. What Newcastle did at the three years that Benitez was there is Benitez was very good at using the media and the fans and we were very good at connecting with them and Newcastle took the approach that they weren't really going to say anything the powers that be very rarely spoke now I think by the end of that they regretted that to a large degree because it meant Benitez controlled the narrative but going forward, then they need to, to change that because it's not fair on the next manager to be the only person who's speaking. They can't answer all the questions of what happened to Rafa Benitez, what's happened over the last three years. Someone within the club's hierarchy has to come and do that. Otherwise, they are giving their new manager or new head coach less of a chance to be able to succeed because they're not coming alongside. And it can't just be a statement on the website from Lee Charnley saying this is the manager or whatever. It can't just be a statement from Mike Ashley. There needs to be proper answers about is Mike Ashley staying his owner? is he selling if he is if he is staying as owner, what is the actual vision for the future because at the moment all we got in April from Lee Charnley was almost anger that that Newcastle get accused of all they want to do is survive every year and he's adamant that's not the case well give us a vision of what is the case because I can't argue that, that for them because I don't know what the answer is there they haven't presented that case they haven't shown what the actual vision is going forward and I don't think it's fair in any new manager or head coach to be put in that position
0: just before we get on to the claims that were made over the weekend about the Binzai group and a uh, source close to Ashley saying it wasn't my fault, Benitez has gone, blame the Binzai group. Just a quick talk about those who are returning, um, who were out on loan last season. Uh, Lee, you've got Jack Hallback and uh, Henri Savier coming back. I think, oh, aircon of some sources turned on there. So apologies if you've. Uh, Notice that we've certainly just got a shock there. But for those, I mean, those two and Chris, I'll ask you another two in a moment. But Lee, you focus on on those two. Um, can you see them getting a second chance?
1: Well, I think it's a clean slate at the moment. It's a clean slate for for, for all of them coming back. And from what I understand, the people I've spoken to, um, they will be reporting to the first team training base. For I mean, the, the end of this week is is just going to be medical and fitness tests anyway. It won't be any. Big pre season um, training session on Thursday. It'll just be, you know, them getting the bloods tested and things like that. Then the next week it'll start. So Newcastle have got that uh, a little bit more time to play with, but they're going to have to get organised because they've got this Premier League trophy in China and they're going to have to get somebody in place who will lead the team for that tournament. Now, that tournament, uh on the 1st of July now, so it's less than two weeks that tournament um, Newcastle got a pretty short pre-season I think realistically um, for them to have a manager in that time it, it's going to be touch and go they might do it they might get it squeezed in if they get the right candidate and convince someone to do it but other than that it could be a, an internal caretaker manager
0: Chris for a few other names you've got Rolando Owens who of course based on the scene very exciting a few injuries but seemed to do alright Wednesday Sheffield Wednesday without really setting the world alight uh, obviously he was there with uh, Ashraf Lazar as well so another couple coming back who who were pretty much shown the door by Benitez a bit like Colbach and Xavier as well um, they'll, have, they'll have a point to prove
2: yeah I mean I think that Lazar will be difficult for you he'll like to, to come here and, and try and get another opportunity but uh He hasn't really shown the quality yet, even at Sheffield Wednesday, but I think he did all right. He hasn't really shown it to suggest he could be a regular in the Premier League. Rolando Arons is an interesting one because he's someone who for a long time excited a lot of Newcastle fans. And I'm sure, because Newcastle gave him a long-term contract the last two or three years ago, that really the hierarchy would very much like him to be a success. I'm sure a lot of Newcastle fans would. So if he can get his attitude right, if he has come back from Sheffield Wednesday... Performing well then a new manager may come in and, and see him as someone who, who can excite them because again just given the options they've got at the moment they've lost Kennedy uh, so they're, they're down a winger already if uh, Christian Atsu's injury is bad hopefully not but if it is bad then he could be missing for a period uh, Miguel Almiron isn't going to be back until midway through pre-season so if that is the case then Aarons could be one who really could have an opportunity early in that pre-season and maybe Feature out in Asia, and that could give them the opportunity to to get a chat. Because pre season, it, it's a strange one because sometimes you see lots of players quite often in pre season who get a lot of time on the pitch and then they never really feature afterwards. But other ones get an opportunity and then really they take that through into the new season and, and they excel from there. And that's what happened with Aaron a few years ago. Lee was there at the tournament and it was Shelga, wasn't it, where he, he, he did well and then he got his opportunity. If he can do that again this pre season, then he's someone who certainly has the talent if you can get that application right then yeah I still think you might have a have a chance under a new manager
0: so on to what was the big talking point at the weekend um, and that was a story uh, from the Sunday people which said uh, Mike Ashley was blaming the Binzai group for Benitez's departure claiming that the group don't want Benitez in charge and that played a, a big part if not the biggest part in Rafa Benitez leaving Newcastle United <laughs>
1: I mean Rafa has released a statement now and in the statement he said the reason he left was because the club lacked ambition so you can only really go off that but I mean you've been a lot of press conferences uh, yourself when he spoke on and off the record and I think he made it abundantly clear why he wouldn't he wouldn't stay and you know if he wanted to get them the top eight he wanted a challenge for one of the cups and um, with what with the package that is available now, and the, the, over the three years, there seems to have been the the trust levels have just changed, haven't they? When, when he first that summer of twenty sixteen, when he got everything he wanted, um, he was delighted with that. And then the first uh, transfer window uh, of the year in twenty seventeen, that something changed dramatically, and Rafa no longer seemingly had the clout, and he never seemed to recover from that. So. Yeah, it's a, the ambition thing isn't the first time it's been bought up at Newcastle United and won't, won't be the last.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a, an unusual report. I'm not I'm not uh, trying to have a go at where that may have come from. I'm sure it was well sourced in many regards, but that, I mean, that's not my understanding of the situation. As, as Lee says, the math has made it quite clear that was that was the reason. I don't think that... I mean, I do think that the takeover situation has affected A, Benitez's contract talks and B... Uh, the transfer situation in general, but I don't think it would have taken it to, to as much of an extent as that. In the end, the, at the end of the day, Mike Ashi made an offer to Benitez. He wasn't willing to, to compromise on that. Partly that may have been to do with the takeover at some point, but I don't think you can necessarily say it was the Bin Zayed group who created that. Mike Ashi was the one who was around the negotiating table. He was the one who was in the position to give Benitez what Benitez felt he needed, and that didn't happen.
0: Certainly didn't. Uh, well, we will end it there. We'll be back on Wednesday when we have Alex Hurston, who is the chair of the NUFC Trust. Um, they've had a fantastic um, uptake of membership over the last week. I think it's now stands at uh, above 6,000. Um, so we'll have Alex on to discuss just where, first of all, your pound or 10 pound life membership goes to and the aims and hopes of, of the Trust. Until then, please stick with Chronicle Live and we'll bring you all the latest news.